Hi, I'm Melissa Clark. I'm a food reporter for the New York Times, and I'm a cookbook author. And you know what I just did? I booked tickets for the Jane Austen costume ball for 2023. My daughter and I are going to bath. I'm Jesse Sparks, and this is The One Recipe, a podcast that talks to chefs and great cooks about one important question. What is their one recipe? The one they've remade, reworked, and revisited over and over again. This week, we're talking with cookbook author and New York Times contributor Melissa Clark. She's an expert in developing fast and flavorful weeknight recipes, which she covers in her popular New York Times column, A Good Appetite. I'll let her tell you the rest. Melissa, hello. Hello, Jesse. Oh my gosh, thank you so much for being here. The icon, the myth, the legend. Uh, how are you doing? <laughs> You're so sweet. Um, I'm doing well. How are you doing? I'm doing okay. Listen, this is a wild full circle moment for me just because I went from designing <laughs> some of the pages for your column as a freelancer at the Times to now getting a chance to talk with you in person. Oh, you're um, kidding. We, we never no actually got to meet. Yeah, yeah. We never actually got to meet. But That's so funny. I had ago, no idea. Yep. I was one of the little design group ones in the background. Oh, my gosh. I had no idea. Wow. <laughs> well, thank you. Yeah, <laughs> Thanks no for making me look good. <laughs> it's an honor to actually get to chat with you a little bit. Well, it is mutual. Oh, my gosh. You're way too kind. So how did you land in this position? Where did you fall in love with all of these like super simplistic, super approachable styles of recipe development. You know, when I started developing recipes, I started developing them working with chefs. When chefs cook, as you know, they don't <laughs> worry about dishes. They don't worry about streamlining. They don't worry about making their life easier because they don't have to. You know, they're working in a team. They have many people to help them. They have an entire team of dishwashers to do their dishes. They have enough pots and pans. So they're not thinking about, you know, making dinner every night like you and I are. And my earliest cookbooks was taking their recipes and streamlining them, taking out steps that weren't necessary, eliminating bowls, eliminating pots and pans, taking out ingredients that maybe were hard for people to find. So this is how I trained myself at the very beginning. And having this as a bedrock, I just kept going farther and farther. For everybody who loves to cook, you know, we want to get the most delicious dish on the table for dinner. But does, is there anyone out there who likes doing dishes? I mean, actually, there are some people. I hear from them. They say, yes, I do like doing dishes, but that's fine. But for the most of us, you know, you know it's just like <laughs> we, want to, we want to be cooking. We want to be eating. We don't want to be cleaning up. And so this has just always been something on my mind. So I've always done this. I've done this for my early cookbooks. I do this for every recipe that I develop for The New York Times. But then just remember the early pandemic, right? Remember March, April. May 2020, all of a sudden we're all in our houses and we're not just cooking dinner a couple of nights a week, four nights a week even. We're cooking three meals a day, seven days a week. And that's a lot of cleanup. So I had this foundation of streamlining and making things easier. And I just took it to the nth degree because I couldn't. I couldn't, Jesse. I was done. I was like, oh my God, please, somebody clean this stuff up. And you know, my daughter's up in her, you know, in her room in Zoom school and my husband's in his office. And 
I needed to reduce the amount of stress in my life. But at the same time, food was our refuge at the end of the night, you know. So this book particularly, Dinner in One, is how I ate during the pandemic, how I took oh, my yeah. meals to that place. And I don't know that I would have written this exact book had I not been writing it at that exact moment. Oh, absolutely. It's amazing just how much we were learning about ourselves as cooks, as people, but also it's amazing how much we were kind of remembering about cooking and why we do the things that we do and why we love the things that we do. I'm also just so curious. You have been literally churning out books. You know, you've been a New York Times columnist since 2007. Like, when was the last time you didn't have a weekly deadline? I, I don't I don't remember. <laughs> I don't remember. <laughs> We're like, what is it like to be What is free? it like? I don't know. I don't, you know, um, okay, so I'm a little bit of a workaholic, and I like to have what? the thing. I know, cra- I know, I know. It, 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 I know you'd never think that, but um, I like to have the thing that I have to do. It makes me feel productive. I get a burst out of out of working really hard, and I love it. I mean, I, oh, yeah. another thing is, like, you know, when you love what you do, when you love what you do, like they say, you're never working. I'm always working, but I'm never working. Like, you're one of the few people that, when you actually say that, I genuinely believe it. The recipes that you're developing are so clearly coming from someone who enjoys the problem-solving process, right? No, exactly. I mean, it's always—I mean, for me, it's fun to revisit— um, recipes that I've done in the past and then improve them, change them, make them easier or make them better or both. And then also to think up new recipes. You know, it's like a game. So kind of going from that with so many recipes under your belt, so many cookbooks, like in the mental archives, what is the one recipe that you go to time and time again? Okay. So I have this one combination of ingredients that I have used. It has been a through line in my life for like the last 10 years. So this recipe started out in the New York Times, and then it went in the first iteration. Then it went to Dinner Changing the Game in another iteration, and now it's in its third iteration in Dinner in One. It started out as a harissa chicken dish with potatoes and arugula. Okay, so that particular dish, it's the combination of the harissa paste, which is the biggest best cheater ingredient in the world because you buy this delicious traditional North African paste and it has done all of your work for you. There's so much flavor. It's so good. It's not expensive. A little jar goes a long way. And then you combine it with chicken and potatoes and the potatoes are, there's just magic in that combination of potatoes and harissa because the potatoes get crispy. They're soft on the inside. You get a hit of spice and earthiness from the harissa and you do the whole thing on a sheet pan because you know that I love a sheet pan meal. I love putting something (laughs) on a sheet pan, putting it in the oven and then it being out of sight. Our efficiency queen. Exactly. It's totally. Right here. (laughs) And And even better, like all that splattery mess just stays in the oven. Like you don't even have to clean your stove. So I took that dish and then for my latest book, Dinner in One, I took those flavors and then I got rid of the chicken and I added cauliflower instead. And the reason is because I've been eating a lot less meat lately. Um, I'm trying to not eat it, you know, more than a couple of times a week. And also, you know, when you take the meat out of a dish, you have more room for vegetables, which I actually prefer. Like I love vegetables. I don't think I could be a vegetarian because of my job and also because I do love meat. I I just want to eat less of it. Um, And also my family. But for this dish, it was so perfect because the cauliflower takes on the flavors kind of like the chicken. You add a lot of olive oil to make up for the missing fat. So the cauliflower gets crispy. And you know, like cauliflower, you got the little nubby nubs on the 
you know, that texture. That yeah, to me yeah, yeah. gets crispy like chicken skin. But you still have the harissa, you still have the potatoes, you still have the ease of the sheet pan meal, and then you have this delicious garlicky yogurt sauce. It is such a good dish, and it has traveled with me for so many years, and I keep oh. tweaking it. It's just that dish where I want to eat it in a big bowl, I want to eat it with all that yogurt on top, and I just want to curl up, and it is this comforting thing that I absolutely love in all of its forms. So now I got to put you to the test. You you talk the big game. You you have us salivating. You have us wanting more. Can you take me through it step by step? Okay. So the first thing you want to do is we have to make our harissa paste, right? So when we have our harissa paste, we have to get it even seasoned even a little bit more. So we whisk together our harissa. We add our salt and pepper. And then even though harissa usually has cumin in it, I hit it up with even more cumin because I want to accentuate that flavor. I want to double down on that earthiness. And then I add my oil. So that's the first thing. And then you add your cauliflower and your potatoes and you just massage that paste into your vegetables before you throw them onto your sheet pan. So you've got your cauliflower, your potatoes on the sheet pan, and you throw them into the oven and you start them roasting for 20 minutes. And then this is where the leeks come in. And the leeks are a really important part of this dish. Okay, the leeks. The leeks add sweetness. So we've got, up until now, we've been talking savory flavors, right? Cauliflower, potatoes, earthiness, spice. But leeks are all sweetness. And so when you add the leeks to this dish, they just kind of melt on top and they add this lovely sweet flavor. Some of them get a little crispy. And some of them get really soft. So it's like a textural element as well as a seasoning. So then you throw your leeks on and you want to make sure that you reduce your oven temperature just a little. Because I start out hot. I start out at 450 to get everything Mm -hmm. really golden. And then you bring it down just a little so that your leeks don't burn. So this is all going on in the oven. While that's happening, you're making your sauce. And your sauce is so simple. It's just yogurt with a little bit of garlic and some salt and pepper. And here's the thing about the sauce. That can be it. So you've got your the yogurt, the garlic, the salt, the mm-hmm. pepper. If you want to add herbs to it, if you want to add lemon zest to it, you can, but you don't even have to because there's so much going on with the harissa already. Is there a stand-in or an alternative for harissa? Or is this one of the moments where it's just like you actually need the harissa for this to really sing? I mean, okay, if you don't have harissa, you could use pretty much any kind of chili paste and you are going to get a dish that is going to be absolutely delicious. If you use sriracha, if you use sambal olek, you are going to get a different dish. It's going to be completely delicious. It'll be like a fun substitution. I wouldn't call it harissa potatoes and cauliflower, but yes, you will still get a delicious dish that it'll be your own dish, actually. Like if you have a favorite chili paste, make this dish with your favorite chili paste, and then that's going to be your own thing. And I'll bet it'll be really cool. And maybe instead of cumin, you play up whatever flavors are already in that chili paste. I love just how it's both an incredible recipe, but also a really great kind of like stealthy technique for teaching people how to get more familiar with working with these ingredients. So for these leeks, are you using just the whites or using the whites and the greens? You're using the whites and just a little bit of the green. So you don't use the the big, you know, the, the dark greens on top, you know, or they're kind yes. of like a little coarse, right? So you're going to yes. chop those off and save those for your stock. Because, you know, when you make stock. Oh, yeah. <laughs> in fact, you could save your cauliflower heart too, <laughs> you know, the like, cauliflower bottom. That goes in your stock too. Yes. Okay, great. So for for the cauliflower and the potatoes, what are the shapes that we're looking for as we're just chopping them up? You want something that you can bite into that has enough texture to hold its own. So one-inch pieces. 
and you want them to be about the same size so that they cook in the same amount of time. Perfect. Perfect. And those florets really nail that texture, as you were saying earlier, right? Exactly. But wait, wait, then, Jesse, I have to tell you about the garnish because it's a really important garnish. So not only do you have the fresh herbs as garnish, you have toasted almonds. And this, (sighs) so, right, and this is, again, this is particular to the cauliflower potato version because I wanted just a little more richness and a little more texture. And you throw those almonds on top and they're so good. They're just like this immediate crunch. And there's also a vegan spin on it as well. Can you tell me a little bit about how our vegan and veg friends can make the most of this? I mean, when I say yogurt, use your nut yogurt of um, of choice. I mean, coconut yogurt is fantastic. I love coconut yogurt with this dish. Actually, it's super tangy. What you're looking for is tang, right? So the yogurt, it adds creaminess yeah. and it adds tang. Melissa, thank you so much for walking me through this recipe for Harissa roasted potatoes and cauliflower with leeks and a yogurt almond sauce like this. I'm already ready to go make it right now. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Well, thanks for having me. I love talking with you. Melissa Clark is the author of Dinner in One, Exceptional and Easy One-Pan Meals. You can find the recipe for her roasted cauliflower and potatoes with harissa, yogurt, and toasted almonds on Instagram at the.one.recipe and at theonerecipe.org. This week's episode was made for you by producer Erica Romero, associate producer Ren Farrell, technical director Derek Ramirez, and digital producer James Napoli. Sally Swift is our managing producer. APM Studios executives in charge are Chandra Kavati, Alex Schaffert, and Joanne Griffith. Beth Perlman is our executive producer. The One Recipe was created by Sally Swift and Erica Romero. I'm Jesse Sparks. This is APM Studios. Go make some magic. Magic.